Welcome to this sermon from Silver Lake Baptist Church. Our mission is to celebrate the greatness of God with all we are for the joy, hope, and renewal of our community. We are so glad you have chosen to listen to our message. We pray you will be blessed by your time with us today. Good morning. How's everyone doing? Awesome. Merry Christmas. I come up here this morning, I was like, good morning, sunshine. To Jim, and I think he thought I was calling him Sunshine, but I was really just saying, "Good morning, Sunshine." So, so you kind of got to be careful what you say sometimes, right? And so, but then I look and I hear that song, "Away in a Manger," and we I see it spelled "Away in a Manger." But what if there was a way in the manger that was sent to us? The Bible says that Jesus said, "I am the way, the truth, and the life." And so there was a way. In the manger, there was hope for us and, and, and good news for us. So let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for your love and for your goodness and for just being so faithful to us. Thank you that we get to celebrate you this Christmas. Not a God that's far off, but a present, ever-present help. Uh, God in us, Christ in us, the hope of glory that we can celebrate you. Not not just waiting for you to return, but celebrating you as you live in and through us right now. And we give you the praise. In Jesus' name, amen. So I'm going to pick up. i got a lot to cover because Christmas is next week, and no one wants to come and hear me preach on Christmas morning. So I was just like, I see how you guys are. So um, Jeremiah 1, I was preaching on talking about Jeremiah Last week, and I was talking about Baker Mayfield, right? You know, number six, you know, what is that? That represents man. And then he changes his number, comes to a new team, and they give him the only number they have left, which is what? Number 17. What does 17 represent? Victory, right. And so, so I don't think there's any coincidences. And so that when we study the Hebrew language, what, um, what you, one of the things you want to keep in mind that, that there's three different things that you can consider with it. It's alphanumeric. Can you guys say that word? Alphanumeric. Do you know what that means? I don't either, so I'm just like, we're in trouble. Actually, it means that every letter, like an A, has a, a, is one. You know, B is bait. A is a leaf, which is one. Then you've got bait, which is two, which re- also represents sun. And then you've got gamel, which is... Three, right? And then you've got Dilette, which is four. And then you got Hay, which is what I always need a lot of. Because <laughs> I have a bunch of horses, right? But that's number five. So all these numbers mean everything. And all these, all these pictures, like you see a leaf, and a leaf is the strength of the ox, right? So, so, so then you go to Gamel, and Gamel actually represents a camel, right? And so... Um, and then you go to, to hay, and hay actually represents God's grace, but also open windows and God's goodness and pouring out his grace and goodness to us. And so God's talking through us all the time through all different ways if we'll just listen to him, right? It's funny because I, I lost, like I got this new foot stand, and I was actually having to borrow my wife's got a music stand, and um, in order to shoe a horse, you got to pick their front foot up and, or their back feet and stick it on the stand and finish. Otherwise, you're using your knee. And I didn't want to use my knee, so I went and stole the bottom of her music stand. 
And I'm using her music stand. I'm like, I'm going to kill this thing. And in fact, on church Wednesday night, she goes, how did you get so much mud on the bottom of that? And I was like, mud happens, you know. <laughs> My truck must be really, really dirty, right? But it wasn't really about... From, from that bit, um, one of my friends, um, someone, he went and shot a horse, and uh, another horse, you're a friend of mine, and, and um, they didn't have the money to pay him, so they gave him this brand new foot stand. And he's like, hey, James, why don't you just come get this, and then you can save your wife's stand before she finds out and kills you, right? <laughs> and so I went and got it, and I'm like, this is so new, but it's got three little bolts, and, and, and then the nuts on the bottom of the bolt, and I lost the nut on one of them. So it was making it a little wobbly. I was like, come on now, what's up with this? So I had to stop and get gas this morning. As I stopped and get gas um, yesterday, I was like, God, I'd just like to get the right nut that would fit on that. I was like, I lost my nuts, you know, you know, my brains, you know. And so guys be nice with, with going that, right? And so, but, but um, anyway, so I was like, I can't find it. I can't find what fits in there. And so anyway, I was... Um, walking to get gas, and I looked down, and there's a right-size little bolt nut thing that goes on there on the ground, right on the ground. I was like, what? And so I picked it up and put it on, and, and it, it worked. Like I kind of stripped the thread off a little bit on the bolt, right? But, but it still it worked, and it was the right thing, right? And so God, like, like it was just a thought. It wasn't something like I had a prayer meeting over, God, I really need this. But it was something that I really meant a lot to me, right? And God just like, poof, there it was. He created it right then and there just for me. Isn't that cool? I have no idea how it got there, but I know, and it really blessed me. And if he can do that for me just out of the blue, what else can he do for you? Right? And so... We can learn to trust him, but, but God's speaking to us all the time. And, and he's speaking through us through numbers, speaking through us through, through words, speaking through us from different places. He's always talking to us because you know what? He's crazy about you. He loves you. And you're that, that important to him. I was reading in Jeremiah and it says, The word of the Lord came, came to me saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. You, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations, nations right? Whoa, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. You know what he's saying? You're not a coincidence. You're not an accident. There, this wasn't something that just all of a sudden, whoop, well, you're just here because you're here. He's saying, before the foundations of the world, in him was all things. And he is in all things. He's before all things. And he knew you and created you for a certain purpose and a certain place. And there's no coincidence or, or accidents in his word. Just like there's no coincidences or, or actions in Baker Mayfield's life with his numbers either, right? Why? Because hopefully he understands what God's trying to speak. I hope he gets it himself. Right? He is a believer, by the way. But I hope, he, I hope he gets to see that. But if we'll listen to what God's saying, if we'll listen, not just with these ears, but with our heart, then God will take us in places and more directions than we ever dreamed. Because there's no coincidences. And, and Jeremiah is like, oh, yeah, you, I'm, I'm it, man. 
I got it. Right? You're right. I'm, I'm all that. No, do you know what he said? Ah, Sovereign Lord, I said, I do not know how to speak. I'm only a child. <laughs> See? He, he's, he said, said a lot of questions. God says something to us and says, hey, this is who you are. And you're like, you respond with the question, am I? Am I a prophet? Am I good enough? Am I able to do this? Am I able to do that? Am I able to have a relationship with you? And the problem is we're just reading from the English and not the Hebrew. Because when you read in English, it's right to left. But if you'll just change that and read it in the Hebrew, it changes from am I to I am. And when you say that, you're connecting with God and who he is. What's his name? The Lord is I am that. I am, right? So you're saying, you know what? I am. In you, I, all things are possible. Do you know what's um, not possible with God? One thing's impossible with God. He can't lie. Right? That's the only thing that, that God says is impossible. Why? Because when he says something, it, it's going to happen, right? So here he says, do, do not be afraid of them. He said, said um, do not say, I am only a child. You must go to everyone I send you to and say whatever I command you. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you and will rescue you, declares the Lord. Then the Lord reached out his hand and touched my mouth and said to me, Now I have put my words in your mouth. See, today I appoint you over nations and kingdom to uproot and tear down, to destroy and overthrow, to build and to plant. See, Jeremiah just thought of himself as just something that's really little. You know, we're going into Christmas and we always see little baby Jesus in a manger. Like anybody ever see Talladega Nights? And, and they're sitting around the table and they're praying, I'm praying to the 8-pound, 12-ounce little baby Jesus, right? The problem is so many of us, in the world still see him as just the little baby Jesus in a manger or the Jesus that died and, and was um, still in the tomb or the Jesus that resurrected but then shot off to heaven and said, you're on your own, boys, good luck. And we don't really see that he is the king of kings that came to dwell in us and among us in flesh. This was the greatest time on, on in the history of not just time, but of eternity, when God sent his son. He, when he sent his son, he didn't send him straight to the cross. He allowed him to be born, and to be born of a woman. And now Jesus gets to be born in each and every one of us and live in and through us if we'll just trust him. And that's the gospel, and that's the good news, and that's the power uh, of, of Christmas. And then it says this, he says, God had a greater purpose for Jeremiah than what Jeremiah could ever dream or think, and he's got a greater purpose for you. Trust him. The word of the Lord came to me. What do you see, Jeremiah? That's a good question for us. What do you see? What are you looking at? Because like when I'm driving to, to church... I notice if I look in my rearview mirror, I don't stay on the road, right? And my windshield's a whole lot bigger than my rearview mirror. 
So what am I seeing? I want to see where I'm going. I want to look where I'm going. I want to, I want to walk with him and go with him and, and allow him to lift my head up. I remember um, Abraham. We're talking, we talk about Abraham, right? And God said, I've called you to be a father of many nations. And he says, well, how will I know? And he says, you know, as many as the stars are in the sky and the sand at the sea or the sand on the, on the, on the desert floor or the ground. He's like, so will your seed be. Do you know what? God gave him a promise that he could see when he was down and when he was looking up. So you ever get really discouraged and you're like, man, I don't know if I'm going to make it. I don't know if it's going to work out. Can you imagine him? He's walking, yeah, I've got no one's going to be my seed. I'm going to, or my heir, I'm going to have to give it to my servant. And he's walking around. And as he's walking, he sees the promises of God. Right there, and guess what? There's a lot of sand in in Israel. Might not have worked in in Kentucky where they got bluegrass, right? But there it worked. So he's walking, he's down. And the Bible talks about him being the lifter of our head. And then he's like, "Oh yeah, I see the promise." And he looks up and goes, "Oh, I know where I'm going now." And then he's like, "Whoa, wait a second! Look at the stars. There's a promise. No matter where he looked." All he could see was God's promises. And that's how God wants us to live, is not, not just live out of our, our senses and our emotions to drive our spirit, but to allow our spirit to drive our emotions. Not to just let the circumstances reflect how we're going to react, but how about we react to his promises in spite of his circumstances. And that's the good news. Because when Jesus was born, like everything was so good. Like it was like a Disney movie. You know, here he's born and the animals, like, like, like they have plenty of room, but he's just like, I just want to go in the, in, the, in the barn. I'll be born there, right? Everything worked out perfect for him, right? He come into, when he come into the world, everything just flowed for him, right? No, Joseph's still in hot water because he forgot to make the reservation. <laughs> Didn't work out, and he's born into a dark time, and everyone's trying to kill him. Like, he ain't even done nothing yet, and everybody's trying to kill him. Sometimes you go through things, but God's promise and plan for his life never changed in spite of every circumstance that was lined up against him. That's one thing that we can trust in him in this season, right? He said, says, the word came, of the Lord came to me. What do you see, Jeremiah? I see the branch of an almond tree, I replied. The Lord said to me, you have seen correctly, for I am watching to see that my word is fulfilled. So now, when I look at this, I see two things. He say, what do you see? God gave him a vision of something to see, and when he seen something, he saw the branch of an almond tree. Now, when you see, see the branch of the almond tree, you see that. And that goes back to the number 17, too, because you look back in, in Genesis 17, and, or I think it's number 17, where the almond tree buds. Like, uh, here, here Aaron's got his rod, and all these people are saying, oh, I'm not sure you're the one. And God says, I want you to get these rods, and I want you to put it down. And the one that buds, that's the one that you're going to follow. That's, that'll be my priest. Well, guess what? Aaron puts his down. His not only budded, but it budded, it blossomed, and it produced fruit. And guess what that fruit was? It was an almond, right? And so there was victory in that. Now, 
again, we see the almond tree. When the priest went to make the, the menorahs in the temple, do you know what they, they made the branches to look like? An almond, right? Now, is that just a coincidence? Now, now, what does the almond represent? Almond represents victory, right? And so that's what God's t- trying to tell them. There's victory in this. And now we're going into the season where we're not just into Christmas, but we're also into Hanukkah. Do you remember what happened in Hanukkah? It's another dark time, right? Where, where the Greeks were in charge, and they went in and they, they decimated the temple, and they were, they were um, slaughtering pigs and and which definitely not kosher, right? And and defiled the entire entire temple and and put the the people in such an oppressive state that they were under their thumb and there was no help. And then these dudes called the Maccabees come up and they're like, you know, we're we're gonna fight. And so they have like these hoes and these picks and all these things, and they're like, you know what, we're gonna fight the greatest army in the world with hoes and shovels and picks. We're outnumbered beyond belief, and, but we just can't take it anymore. Do you know what happened to them? They had a belief that come not from the outside circumstances, but a belief that was inside them. The greater is he that's in me than he that is in the world. And so here they're fighting them, and they've got their, their missiles and their tanks, right? Back then they were their tanks. They had like these big elephants. They'd just like stomp on them. And do you know what they did? They defeated the greatest army to ever exist at that time. And they went in, and they went through the temple, and they cleansed the temple, and and they redid everything, and all they could find was just enough oil to burn for one day. I don't think like, man, I got, I don't know how I'm going to make it 100 days. You don't have to make it 100 days. You just got to make it through today. Just be where your feet are. Just stay right here and let him worry about tomorrow. You know, when Jesus was on the Sermon on the Mount, he gave us the new attitudes, right? <laughs> the what? <laughs> the be attitudes. Not the be attitudes. It's the do attitudes, right? He gave them a list. You got to do this and you got to do that. Thou shalt now, right? No, what did he give them? He gave them, we call them the be attitudes. Why? Because it's not something you do, it's something you are. It's not about what you do, it's about what you are. He's like, we got, we got to let go of doership and just live in him. In him we live and breathe, and have our being, right? And so here, here we get them going in, and, and they're going into the temple, and they've got this just enough oil to last for one day. See what they're like, well, we'll just light it today, see what happens tomorrow. And you know what happened? It burned. Not just one day. Not just two days, not just three days, not just four, not just five, not just six, not just seven, but eight days. Why eight days? Because that's how long it took to get the new oil that they could actually use that would be kosher to to go back into to the menorah. It's a miracle. One day's worth burn for that long. 
picture of Jesus and who is now what is eight? Eight represents new beginnings. Guess what? People are saying, well, you got to have church on Saturday because it's the Sabbath. If you're going on Sunday, that's not good. But actually, Sunday is really the eighth day, which represents new beginning and, and Jesus' resurrection and all that stuff, too. So, like, that's really good. Don't get caught up in, in all the gook that goes around, but trust in your heart what Jesus has put in your heart. And what his word says above everything else out there. Right? Now, I am saying, just because we, I don't care what day you celebrate the Sabbath, as long as you celebrate it. It's like Christmas. Like, Jesus might not have been born on the 25th of December. But hey, if you want to celebrate my, my birthday, any other day than it, what it is, I'm fine. Just send lots of presents. <laughs> right? Don't get caught up in all that stuff, but get find the spirit of who he is and what he's doing. So what happened in Hanukkah? They defeated. It was a great victory. We have the lights. We have the temple being cleaned again, right? Rededicated with lights. And now we have Jesus. He showed up actually on the, the um, Hanukkah in the Bible, the Feast of Dedication. And he said, I am the light. He said, said, look, you're celebrating those lights, and guess what? I am the lights. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I'm the light. I'm the one who's going to light the world. I'm the one when it's dark and looks impossible. I'm the one that's going to give you light and give you hope and give you peace. Will you trust me? There's a promise. He says, I see the branch of an almond tree and... and and I can see Jeremiah because he was trained in, in the scriptures. He knew what the almond represented. He knew about Aaron's rod. He knew about the, the menorah in the temple. And then there's a promise that comes back that it says, The Lord said to me, You have seen correctly, for I am watching to see that my word is fulfilled. I say, Man, my word's true. You can trust me. I said that I would take care of you forever. I said, said that you are my people, and guess what? God gave them a victory and restored them to their temple. But there's another temple that when we celebrate Christmas, that Jesus come to restore. When they're in the wilderness, they had this tabernacle in the wilderness that was made of skin. And guess where God dwelt? In that tabernacle. Then we have God coming, and the angel appears, and he's like, Do not be afraid. Why would he say that? Because they're probably afraid. Do you think? Yeah. Do not be afraid. I'm with you. And then he says this. He said, said, I got bad news for you guys. Bad will towards men. I'm sending judgment. I'm sending all this other stuff. No. Do you know what he said? Peace on earth. Good will towards men. Do you know what peace means in Hebrew? completeness, wholeness, nothing missing, nothing broken. He says, everything that you need and everything that you will ever need is coming, and it's coming in one person, and it's going to be this baby that's born, and his name is Jesus. If you want to find peace, it's in him. And it's my good will and my good pleasure to give this to you. Not just a kingdom, but he is the kingdom. He is our hope. He is our peace. He is everything that we ever need. 
that comes in the person of Jesus. I was thinking of, of Nehemiah, and we read in Nehemiah where they were rededicating the temple on on Rosh Hashanah, actually, and we're coming into the new year, too, and as I was reading, it was really cool, some of the stuff I was reading, and Nehemiah was another dude that, that faced really impossible odds, and they got a victory, right? Like, they literally had to have a sword in one hand and a hammer in the other. Like, that's pretty tough. And then God gave him the victory, and then it starts out with, with Ezra publicly reading the book of the law, and it says, When the seventh month came and the Israelites had settled in their towns, all the people assembled as one man in the square before the water gate. They told Ezra the scribe to bring out the book of the law of Moses, which the Lord had commanded for Israel. So on the first day of the seventh month, Ezra the priest brought out the law before the assembly, which was made up of men and women and all who were able to understand. He read it aloud from daybreak till noon as he faced the square before the water gate in the presence of the men, women, and others who could understand. And all the people listened attentively to the book of the law. Now, you've got to picture this. Like, this had been years since they had been able to celebrate God. And so now it's on Rosh Hashanah. And Rosh Hashanah actually is the, the Feast of Trumpets. It's the first day of the seventh month of, of, of the year. They're really entering the rest. And they're going to Yom Kippur and then the Feast of, of Booths and all this. And no one had ever celebrated. In fact, they'd forgot about it. In fact, when, when you read the word law in Hebrew, it's not law, at like in, as in the Greek. The Greek word for law is nomos, which really should have been translated into a Greek word called um, didaskali, which I don't understand, which is teaching. And so some people, some, some Hebrew scholars think that when the Greeks translated it, they did it on purpose just so that the Gnostics wouldn't really be able to say, oh yeah, it's about God's instruction and teaching rather than it's just, this is the law and this is the way it is. He's saying this is an instruction. This is the Torah. This is the way that you are to live. In a way, it is laws. But in another way, it goes so much deeper than that. And so here they're seeing this, and they're hearing this, and they're hearing the word. The Bible says faith comes by hearing, and hearing by what? The word of God. So now as I was thinking, I was thinking about, well, what would this look like? And then I got this picture in my head, and it was a bumblebee. Could we have the first picture? I not really the bumblebee. Does that look like a bumblebee to you? Okay, let's go to the second picture. Well, I guess it's a bumblebee. Right? See, sometimes what we see in our mind isn't what we've been told. Like when I said a bumblebee, how many of you thought of a car or that? Honestly, how how many? Why? But if I'd have said something to someone who'd never seen the insect and they'd seen the movie, how, how many kids would have said, oh, that's Bumblebee? <laughs> right? Why? Because of Scripture. That's where it is. We're, we're transformers. <laughs> the Bible says, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our mind. See, we think we're just common and ordinary, but God says, when you get my word, you will transform, man. 
And you know what? He could do so much more as a transformer than he could as a car, especially a Chevy. I actually have a GMC truck, and I love it, but Ford Mustangs. See, why didn't they make him a Ford Mustang? I mean, come on, right? But be not conformed, but be transformed. Why? By the renewing of your what? Of your mind. Why? It's so important. So here, they're hearing, and they're hearing, and they're hearing, and they're hearing, and it's like they listen to it all the time. They're hearing it. And it says it's the book of the law of Moses. And it says, And Ezra the scribe stood on a high wooden platform built for the occasion. And beside him were all these dudes I can't pronounce their name. And Ezra opened the book. All the people could see him because he was standing above them as he opened it. The people all stood up. What happened? Here they are. They're just little cars. Like they, they don't even think they're the cool car that we showed before. They still think they're the old bug. Right? Don't think they're worthless. Think they're broken down. Think that there was no hope. Don't think they have any value. And they start hearing the teaching of where they come from. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And then they see Abraham, how God, God created Abraham. And then they see the story of how God brought Abraham victory after victory. And then they see how, how God birthed Isaac out of a dead womb, out of an impossible situation. And then they see him freed from slavery. And now they're like, you know, something, something's possible now. They're starting to think. They're starting to get this in their mind. Wait a second. We're not common. We're not ordinary. We're, there's not anything that's just plain about us. God created us in His image. You know what? That means all of you are created in His image. There's a guy out that where, where I have my farm, where I lease my pastor, and this guy, he's a jerk. He's a jerk to his girlfriend, jerk to people, jerk to animals, and he's got some some problems definitely and I kept looking and thinking you're such a jerk you're such a jerk someone needs to talk to you like you talked to that lady you're such a jerk and God told me he's like why don't you start seeing him like you want him to be instead of looking at him like his actions are doing like whoa wait a second so how am I going to start looking at people if he's made in the image of God I'm going to start hey you know something you have greatness and you just don't know that it's there. You, you actually, God's got a plan and a purpose for your life. Father, let him flow. And, start, and so I start praying for him, but not praying, killing God, like which I'd like to do sometimes. But now I'm praying, Father, ignite life in him. Let him rise up and be who you called him to be. Right? And now I'm not just transforming my mind on how I'm going to see myself, but now I start seeing other people because God's in each and every one of you. Every one of us are made in his image. So that means that each and every one of us have his potential inside of us. And that changes the whole equation. So now we see this bumblebee. I think there might be another slide. Is there not? Oh, yeah, there's another bumblebee. See, here's this dude. He was a car. He just thought he was a man. He turned into a car, and now he's a transformer. <laughs> that's, who, that's who you are. But really, if we think about it, we're probably 
I'm going more like to this one. Isn't that what you see when you think of a bumblebee? There's a bumblebee right there. Isn't he cute? You know, scientists say that they were studying this one insect, these engineers and guys, and they say, you know what, if we're going to make an airplane, we're going to make it like a bumblebee. Right? No. That's the last thing they want to fly is a bumblebee. In fact, they're like, if this was engineered by man, there is no possible way that it could fly. In fact, because of the bumblebee, because of, of how much mass it has and how light and little its wings are, the, the engineers and scientists say there is absolutely no explanation to how a bumblebee can fly. It is completely impossible. They say, so they have to come up with a reason, right? Because they're brilliant. They're smart, right? They're scientists and all that. So they said, well, you've got to come up with a reason. What's your reason on why the bumblebee can fly? They said, the only reason we can come up with is the bumblebee can fly because he thinks he can. <laughs> Let's see the next slide. See, there's a sweet little bumblebee. Look how little his wings are, man. Can you, can you imagine that? Flapping enough to carry it? Now let's see the next one. Do you know what you're seeing right there? Miracle. You're seeing a miracle. You're seeing something that's impossible. You're seeing something that looks like it can never happen. And God says, you know what? I created that. I created that just to baffle you. All these brilliant guys, that all, all the mathematics and numbers, again, right? God speaks in, in numbers. Like, you don't believe me? Ask people who like numbers. Is it just because they think they can? And the Bible says, as a man thinks in his heart... So is he. Now, God wasn't very good at anatomy because, like, scientists tell us we think with our brains, right? But you know when you die? You hear people that die and then when they float out of their bodies and they're brain dead, but their bodies, they're still thinking? Right? Because you don't think your brain's a great organ and, like, it, it's, it's a manager and all that. But he's like, you've got something that you think with that's even greater. And it's your spirit. It's inside you. If a bumblebee can do that, if the Maccabees can do what they did, if Mary and Joseph can go against all odds and still see victory in their life, what can you do? What do you think? So as Ezra has opened it up, it says, Ezra praised the Lord, the great God, and all the people lifted their hands and responded, Amen and Amen. Then they bowed down and worshiped the Lord with their faces to the ground. Now here, they're hearing the word. They're hearing the instruction. They're hearing the teaching. They're hearing the miracles. They're hearing who they really are. The stories of, well, I'm just a rotten slave went from, no, you are a royal priesthood, a holy people, a chosen generation. Now they start believing it, and they go from not thinking that they're not anything to realizing that they are somebody. 
And God starts changing. They're like, oh, it gives them a... When, when you realize who you are in Him, it will really expand who He really is. Because He's greater than you could ever think. And now, it says this, as they're bowed down, there's a change in the way they're talking about it too, because it says the Levites and then a bunch of other names I can't pronounce. Instructed the people in the law while the people were standing there. They read from the book of the law of God. Time out. Like when we started reading this, it said they were reading from the book of the law of Moses. There was teachings about Moses. There was teaching that come from Moses. And then as they hear it and they hear it and they hear it, they realize they had a revelation that it didn't just come from Moses. This come from God himself. This isn't Moses' rules. This is God's instruction manual on how we're created and how we're to be, not what we're to do. And when we live in who we're created to be, then all the doing stuff works out. And it all started with a baby. They said this. I love this because it says they read from the book of the law of God, making it clear and giving the meaning so that the people could understand what was being said. There was an understanding that was being said. And then it said, then Nehemiah, the governor and Ezra, the priest, described the Levites and were instructing the people, said to them all, this day is sacred to the Lord your God. Do not mourn or weep. For all the people had been weeping as they listened to the words of the law. Do you know what they're saying? If I only could have got this years ago, if our ancestors just could have figured this out, it would have been good. So God, Nehemiah's like, don't weep. This is a good day because you are getting it. Forget the past. Forget what's behind you. Live here right now in this moment. And something happened even deeper than that for it said, all the people had been weeping as they listened to the words of the law. And Nehemiah said, go and enjoy choice food and sweet drinks and send some to those who have nothing prepared. This day is sacred to the Lord. Do not grieve for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Now this is a season where we can celebrate him. Celebrate his goodness and live in his joy because his joy is a strength. In fact, the Bible says the kingdom of God is righteousness, joy, and peace in what? In the Holy, in, or righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit, right? About living in him through his spirit and trusting him, right? I'm out of time. See the bumblebee? That's you. Either one of them. Take your pick. Which one do you want to be? Greater is he who's in you than he that is in the world. And the birth of that baby means everything to everything. Amen? Amen. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for being with us. We give you the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to learn more about us, check out our website at www.silverlakebaptist.org.